Anyway, let's go, let's go to the, the first slide. This was so good. Francois Dutois this morning on Facebook is like, this just fits. And so just a little reminder, sin is to think less of what God thinks of you. It's not behavior. I know most of the church thinks it's behavior. Like, don't do this, don't do that. God won't bless you if you do this. That leads to sin, is thinking that you're going to be blessed based on good, bad behavior. That's the wrong tree that you're eating from. So just know, and the real question we'll get to, what does God think of you? So if sin is thinking anything less than what God thinks of you, um, then we don't want to do that, right? Because it's really just missing the mark and sin. And then in the, further down in the comments, this just nails it, which I love. It says, sin boils down to a bankrupt, distorted identity. The world's unbelief and the indifference to Jesus is the very cause of their bankruptcy. The word for sin, hamartia in Greek from ha, which is a negative, and meros, the portion or form, means so without the original identity or form. Follow him so far? So the word for sin, hamartia, is ha and meros, so no form, without your allotted portion or without form, pointed to a disoriented, distorted, or bankrupt identity. The word meros is the stem of the word morph, where we get metamorph or transform, change, right? And so 2 Corinthians 3.18, where the word metamorph with form transform is the opposite of hamartia without form. So metamorph is bring back into the form, change into the form that God designed you in. And sin is hamartia, no form. Got it? So isn't that freeing to go sin is not bad behavior? And it's, what's really interesting is, is grace is a teacher, which because most people just freak out and they go, so you're just saying that it's all right to do anything? I'm like, no, you can finally rest for the stuff you're already doing. Because the people always tell me that. I know they're knee-deep in it, always. You know, they're just struggling with stuff. And, and so anyway, you're just free. And you know what? It, you won't have this desire to keep getting crazy. You'll actually start to... Uh, well, the actual scripture says, sin is a teacher which teaches you to deny ungodliness, to deny anything that you're not the same form of Jesus. Does that make sense? So it's pretty cool. So anyway, sin is to live out of context with the blueprint of one's design to behave out of a tune with God's original harmony out of the mirror Bible. Is that good? Is that good? That is so good right there. So if sin is thinking anything less of what God thinks of you, the real question is, so what, what does God think of you? You can, you can share. What does he think of you? Join heir. Perfectly loved. Finished in him. Sonship. Not slave mentality, like the old covenant is a slave, I have to work for my blessing. The new covenant is I'm a son. Put the robe on, put the ring on, put the shoes of, put the shoes. You're welcome in the house. And to, a, like we've been talking about, to a Jewish context, that means the son, adoption is really where it's bar mitzvah. It's not adoption like we think, where we adopt it for some family. It means you've come to full maturity and sonship. And where did that happen? In him. So really, Christianity is not trying to become, it's living out of who you already are. And that's what, that's what ministry's job is, to teach you who you already are. Your spirit will just resonate with it. And so anything that says you have to do this to become a son or you have to do this in order to be blessed is just wrong. It's, it's not accurate. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You're complete in him, nothing lacking. That's where you start. That's the, that's the real gospel is I'm complete, nothing lacking. And I'm a joint heir of Jesus Christ, like you said, Bill. Everything he has, we have the right to. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy good. And it, I'm trying to get my arms around that, and I'm hoping we're trying to get it as a body, our arms around that, because if we really get it, man, it's just, it's really, I think, I think this whole Romans 8 thing where it says the whole creation is groaning, waiting for us to wake up of what's already true about us, right? I'm waiting for the manifestation of sons, meaning that, do you really get it, that Jesus wasn't, 
uh, a guide. He was you. He came as you, as the incarnate, where spirit meets flesh. And so we're him and in him. And so anything Jesus has, anything, his anointing, his, his, everything how he lived, we're supposed to live like that. Is that pretty cool to me? I think it's cool. So I'm desperately trying to go, Lord, just give me a little more glimpse of what that really looks like because we can set the world on fire if we, do, if we really get that. I just believe that with all my heart. Um, and so I just think that's awesome. So he thinks what, like, what Beth was prophesying was just beautiful because it's like if we really grasped his unlimited love for us, he'll do exceedingly abundant beyond what we can think or ask. And so we really just come into that union and that sonship. That's what we're really trying to do. So anyway... Um, so here's, the, here's a little physics and quantum physics behind this like we were talking about. So the spirit, how to live out of the spirit versus the natural. There's a spirit, and uh, I like how science says it, energy or this infinite field of possibility that controls everything. It's Colossians, it's Ephesians, it's John where he's in and through and he's in every atom in the universe. All creation's in him, right? We've gone over those scriptures over and over and over. So, and he identifies himself really as three things that I can find. It's love, it's light, and a consuming fire. That's really how I see how he identifies himself. So if, if everything he created is love, then that's the, that's the value of everything. That's how we really start to tap into this spirit is, is to realize how much he loves us, this infinite love. And so that field really that holds everything together that governs all the natural is this infinite possibility, but it's really love. And so that controls everything. It's the love of God, which is the most powerful force in the world. And I was thinking about this today. Is like, um, you know, the, an atomic bomb, when we split one atom, I didn't look at how many joules of energy that releases, but think about the smallest little atom. When you split one atom, what happens? How much energy is in that little atom? It's a lot, right? Destroy a whole city. That's how much energy is in one atom. And all creation's just living, breathing that, like, so I think for us, it's, it's kind of wake up to who we are. How many atoms do we have in us? Right? Think about that. It's, it's pretty amazing. This is where the quantum physics stuff, I'm like, if we ever get a grasp of really how beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made we are, come on, guys. And so anyway, um, it's the most powerful force in the world. It's the very, because it's God. If he's in every atom and it's love, which is the most powerful force in the world, it says love sometimes fails, right? No. It says love what? Never fails. And it's really interesting is uh, uh, we were talking about this in Denver when we were doing the fellowship is, you know, there, there's so much emphasis on the gifts and, and we love them. Like, of course, if somebody's sick, we're going to pray, right? Or if there's a word of knowledge, etc. But as you transition into that next chapter, he says, yet I show you a better way. And what's that better way? Love. He goes, the gifts are fantastic and people are chasing the gifts and everything else. We don't chase the gifts. We just operate in them. It's, it's a, um, like if I give the gift to my wife, it's just an expression of who I am, but she really wants me, hopefully. Not just the gift, right? <laughs> so I think that's a, a easy to understand, isn't it? Hey, it's a beautiful gesture. And when, when we operate in the spiritual gifts, that's fantastic. He goes, I just think there's a better way, which Paul says, he goes, it's love. Because if, we're, if we remain in love, we don't need the gifts. Does that make sense? I love the gift of healing, but I'd rather walk in divine health. Amen? Because I don't care how many people we pray for. If their heart doesn't change, they're going to be right back there. And are we going to pray and heal them again? Yes, of course. It's unlimited, right? But if we really grasp any of that, then we don't, have to, we don't need the gifts because we, just, we walk in that love. 
And that's what we're really just trying to get a grasp of. And so anyway, so Ephesians 1.3, here's Paul again to the, the church in Ephesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So is that a, is that a finished deal? We don't have to work for that. We don't have to pray for that. We don't have to read the Bible for that. We don't have to fast for that. Thank God. Um, uh, right? <laughs> in fact, if you go look in the old, if you look, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were upset that Jesus came eating and drinking. They're like, hey, you're not like, how come John the Baptist and all those guys, they eat crickets and stuff and fast for days like Christians do today? right? Trying to get power. And what does Jesus do? It's a chili cheese dog and a glass of wine. It's just fantastic. I really, I just, I love it because I'm like, like, I love that. I really do. He's like, he came eating and drinking. We could get into all that. He didn't take the Nazarene vow. That's he, because the Nazarene vow, that's what they took. He never took that. That was something that the law came in. So anyway, um, so he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in the anointed one, in the Messiah, in the anointed one. So you are blessed with every blessing and the source is spiritual. That's what he's trying to say. It doesn't mean you have to, get to wait to get to heaven to enjoy these blessings. Because I think a lot of people interpret it that way. He's been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So I think what they do is they go, well, someday when I get to heaven, I'm going to enjoy these blessings. Anybody kind of ever, that's how I was kind of taught initially. I'm like, well, that's kind of a waste. What about now? What a, it'd be kind of nice to enjoy life now, wouldn't it? At least I, I think it would. And so who has blessed us in every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? What he's, what he's doing is delineating because the Jews thought it was based on flesh, meaning that if I was born a Jew, I'm the chosen person out of the flesh. I was born into that, right? Uh, and if I follow these laws, like Deuteronomy 28, if you do diligently hearken unto the words of the Lord, da, 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 and do all these things, then you shall have all these blessings. But if you don't, then all the really bad stuff comes. And, uh, but New Covenant says every promise, so all those Deuteronomy 28 promises are what in the New Covenant? Yes and amen in Him. That's what He's trying to say. Your source is heavenly, it's spiritual, but it's just as powerful in the physical. So it does, we don't have to wait till heaven. You guys get this, what I'm trying to explain? Because a lot of people are waiting for the blessing. Someday I'll get to heaven and it'll be great. Like, no, no, no. Heaven and earth have met. We're the temple. So we're, we're the incarnate. The spirit and the flesh are one right now, meaning this physical body, right? And so we get to exhibit Christ for the display of his splendor, okay? So if we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, so people, people ask me all the time, when were you born again? Before I was born. Before the foundation of the world, I was found in him. That just rattles them. They don't know what's going on there. And so I said, well, read your, read your scriptures, right? It says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the creation, the cosmos, that we should be, what did he choose us as? Holy, without blame, face to face before him in love. That is so cool if you get that. So he made us holy, blameless. Yeah, but, but I'm still struggling with this. You are holy and blameless in him before the foundation of the world. Just wake up to it. That's really what's going on. So before you were born, you were born in him. Is that cool? 
because he sits outside of the time. He's, he's not chronos time like in Greek. His chronos time is we look at our watch and go, would he ever get done, man? There's something important going on. So really no games on tonight, so not good ones. Oh, there's something really important that happened today, though. You know what I'm going to say? It was right before service started. I get this, da-na-na, da-na-na. This is very scriptural, Bill. He gives me the desires of my heart. It's full of joy. Anthony Davis got traded to the Lakers today. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. It's been a long, slow struggle this last year. Good Lord. Now, that's pretty cool. That was a, that was a big deal. I'm a, I'm a sports nut, as you know. I'm like, Anthony Davis. Wow. Lakers are going to win it next year. I, I, I should go to Vegas just like that St. Louis Blues guy's bet $400 on the Blues to win it. I forget what he won. But I was taught gambling's of the devil, so I can't do that. Who was that? <laughs> I, saw, I saw my girlfriend pull a slot machine at the Vegas airport. Oh, is in the casino even? Oh, worse. Yeah. For our son. <laughs> He, he needs deliverance. So, come on, guys. That's just, you, I hope you know I'm, that's jest. So, I'm totally at home there, aren't we? People are like, you like, that's Sin City. Go, we're totally at home there. Because we're in Christ. We're blameless. And, all, and, and it's really, you know what? You know what I love about that? There's no pretense. They're just, most of those people are like, you know what? I'm a mess. And they just receive the gospel freely. If you tell them you're perfectly loved, most of the time they'll go, I needed that. No, when were you born again? Say the magic words, any of that. They just, they, man, they freely receive it, which I love. That's what I mean when I'm totally at home there. So anyway, and they have good shows too. And good shopping, right? We like the shopping and the shows. And then you like to do the slot machines every now and then. No, not really. So anyway, I don't know where I'm going. So that was, you, even if she does that, she's holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption, that's not like adoption like we were in. It really means he brought us to sonship. He himself did the work and made us full sons in the Father's house. Not like we were outside and then we were adopted in. That's why I don't like that word because we don't really get it in English. But that's really what that means. He made us perfect and complete sons with full rights before the foundation of the world. That's awesome if you get a hold of that. So having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ, to himself. So who did everything? So you are holy, blameless in him with no effort on your own. That's what grace is called. So <clears throat> as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So according to the good pleasure, he wanted to do this. This was his idea. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted. That's, that's caritu, where we get charis or grace in the beloved. And caritu is highly favored, freely endowed with everything he has. Is that cool or is that cool? So let's look at this. We're holy. We're, oh, go back real quick. We're holy. We're without blame in him, in his love. Right? So, and we are highly favored, freely endowed with his grace. Is that a good situation we find ourselves in? With no effort of our own. That's really good. Okay, now let's, let's move on. So anyway, so I just, this, is, this is just really kind of thinking this through, and hopefully this, this will make sense to you. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the Spirit, highly favored with grace, freely bestowed on us with no effort of our own, like we've been saying. So how do we get it from the Spirit to here? Don't we want to enjoy it here and not just wait till we get to heaven? 
And I think that's the, that's the human condition. Like, what, why are we here? You know, everybody goes through this, I think, in their life. Like, who are we and what are we doing? And I just believe if, if he's pure love and he's a loving father, he doesn't want us to not enjoy life here on earth. I just, there would be no, there'd be no purpose for that, in my opinion. I think he does, he does like us to mature into distinguishing between good and, and works because then we can choose the good is what it says. Because we, we've always talked about this is, is love has to be, um, love has, this is where the free will argument gets in with all the theologians and the scholars. And I believe love has to be uh, by free will. will we ha- do we have to accept him? Yes. Um, is he going to woo every, everyone into his perfect love? Scripture says he is. And it says, you know what? His love is going to get everybody. So everybody confesses that he is Lord above the earth. We, we did this Sunday night last week. Uh, above the earth, on earth, and below the earth. So Paul always does everything. He who has ascended descended into death and preached to the captives and led captivity free. So if everybody that's, on, that's above earth, what would we call that, most of us? Heaven. That's on earth, we would go, that's us right now. And below the earth, that was the dead. That was the people in Sheol, the place of death, right? So if everybody that's above the earth, on earth, and below the earth is going to confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father, pretty good. It's pretty good news, isn't it? So that's where love has to be free will, though. So it's people like, you, you saying people don't have to make a choice? No, of course we have to make a choice. There's plenty of people that are not living in, most Christians are not living in the kingdom. They're not living in this thing that we can freely enjoy, right? And so um, do they, yeah, but there's going to be a time where I believe his perfect love, everybody bows to. And that's what Paul writes about over and over and over in scripture. I think it's, I think it's awesome. In fact, uh, uh, even Augustine, where we got a lot of this separation and eternal torture, it's really fascinating because he even said, uh, I, I'll have to look it up. I read this great thing on, on hell and everything today, which was just beautiful. Um, even Augustine quoted and he said, it would be unthinkable that God would limit our choice to freely accept him as our limited time on earth. He's like, that would be an unloving God. I'm like, man, that was even Augustine, all these church fathers that uh, just believe that this, before you, this last breath here on earth is not your last chance. He sits out of time. He's timeless. And so anyway, I believe, you know, don't, don't say, I, well, you, are you saying that? No, Paul's saying that. And I'm, Paul's a pretty good source. It's the King James Bible you read. So, um, so believe it. All right, so, so how do we bring this blessing out of the spirit realm? Um, it's really by what we place our attention on, by what we focus on. And quantum physics, as I wrote, calls it observation. You've seen me do the double slit experiment. I've loved that for 15, 20 years. I remember the first time I heard it, I couldn't sleep. I was like, are you kidding me? And I'm not going to get into that now, but... And that's what Martin was saying. Basically, there's the science behind this stuff. They've made the whole known universe, this big telescope, and on the bottom side of it, like they mirrored it, it's just a sine wave because you haven't told us what to be. It's so cool to me. But anyway, that means this whole idea that choose life, we literally get to choose life. We can choose death or we can choose life. So it'd be important to choose what? Life. And we can. That's why I shared those testimonies. All they did is they changed their focus. They focused on what they desired versus what they didn't have. And what happened? Pretty good manifestation, right? So quantum physics calls it observation, and we've done that double split experiment. When they observe it, it functions exactly what they want. When they shoot those electrons and they take the microscope off, it's just a sine wave. 
says, you haven't told me what to do. The minute they observe it, boom, it performs exactly how we think it's going to perform. That's where I think we're fearfully and wonderfully made and creative. So if we focus on what's wrong with us, we experience darkness, death. That's why the old covenant's like a mirror because the old covenant kills. Paul says the letter kills, the, the written scriptures kill. But the spirit realm, what we're talking about, where we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly, in heavenly places, it's not written. It's, at, it's pretty interesting. It's inner man. It says when you really focus on what's true about you because of what Christ did, it brings life. So where we bring our focus is really what changes the external. You guys with me so far? Okay. So if we focus on his love for us, his beautiful promises, guess what? Like my friend said, all I did was change. Doggone it, I'm going to get out of this funk this week, and this is what's going to happen to me this week. And it happened. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I think that's really cool. Anybody else want 100,000 this week? Nobody's excited about that? I think it's pretty good, right? Yeah, right? You can take me to Legend Suites in, in New York, Micah. Well, then there's a reason to go. There's a reason to take me. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Anyway, if we focus on his love, his promises, we start to experience it. So anyway, here's most religion. This is what I was sending the email itself today. Most religion is, it's the bait and switch of all bait and switches, in my opinion. We, so we go to the quote unquote center, trying to get them in to something they're already in, Right. And so go, if you do these things, you can be like me. And I'd I, I just be honest with you. When I looked at most of the church, I go, I'm pretty good over here. Didn't we? We were like, things were working over here. <laughs> if you get like me, like, and then, but then they had to scare you with the, the scary stuff at the end. But if you don't do it, you know, put your finger in the fire. How did that feel? Now think about that forever. I'm like, that's just, come on. That's the best you got, Right? Perfect love does what to fear? Casts out fear. Is he perfect love? So would, would he ever evangelize with fear? No, because fear has the idea of torment. That's John. The, 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 that's John's writing, which is really interesting. So, but here's most, most of it is willpower. Hey, if you do these things, if you don't do this. So the bait and switch is, hey, you're a sinner. Yeah, and yeah, we know. Um, we know. They don't need to be told that. That's the, if, they're, if they're really struggling in their life, they already know. They're already feeling bad enough. The gospel is what starts to change, change their heart from the inside out. But the, the bait and switch is, which I thought, um, man, it's so amazing because I started reading the promises. I started reading the promises in Psalm 91. And uh, I was so excited about it, wasn't I? And so I'm like, Are you, have you read this stuff? Like, Nobody can even touch you. I'm like, this is really cool stuff. And I went to the pastor and he's like, well, you know, we don't, we can't really do all of that. And so some of you guys know me. I'm just, well, then don't waste my time. I, I said it in not so nice of words. I, basically, I, I said, I don't have time to screw around like you guys do. Um, I want to get stuff done in my life. Which parts of this book am I supposed to believe and which parts do I own? And then he was dumbfounded. And then some of you guys know the story. We almost got in a fist fight with his pastor and I'm like, just like, you're just a little, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a religious turd, exactly right. I was just like, uh, he just got my goat, man. I was just upset, which I know I'm not supposed to, but I was just newly saved. So, 
<laughs> oh, he just said the wrong thing to me. And I'm like, all right, you're just going to get hit in the nose right now. So anyway. So basically, how many have you experienced this? It's like this, these incredible promises, etc. Man, get saved and be like one of us. I'm like, okay, it sounds awesome. And then, then all of a sudden, we got saved, and the next thing we know, saved, which really we weren't because our heart wasn't healed, which is really what that means, is the gospel will heal your heart. All we did is we said some words, and then we went into water and came out of the water, with a, and they gave us a towel, and they, they had a band, and everybody was clapping and everything else. And I was like, that's it? thought something was going to happen. I really, I just, I felt, I felt, what? what? I thought I'd feel different. I really did. I was like, you guys had a whole band and, and did all this big stuff for my baptism. I'm like, there's more fun in the Anthony Davis trade than that. That's like, there was more life coming out of that. Like there's actually life. I was experiencing life. And I just remember thinking that, so I know by just saying the words, I was not so zoed. I was not healed in my heart. You guys with me? The gospel heals your heart when you go, you are perfectly loved and every promise is yes. He loves you, he blesses you, he favors you despite you. That's how much he loves you. That's, that did something to me. Like You mean, it's a done deal? Are we highly favored? Every spiritual blessing endowed on us by his grace? Yes, that's what it says. So anyway, then they go, you gotta read this and do this and you gotta do this 21 day fast and aren't you glad we don't do that anymore, Right? And I, honestly, I would go because I was doing, we, we desired the spiritual gifts. That's what we were after. We're like, man, we were doing this. And I would go and said, sweetie, here's the hotel I'm going to. You know where I'm at. If you need to get a hold of me, I'm going to go pray and fast. I never made it out of there one night, honestly. I'd sit there and I'd go, I'd sit there and I'd get my Bible and my books. And I, this is truth. Every time the Holy Spirit would go, what are you doing? I go, I don't know. I'm trying to, Pay the price for your power. I'm supposed to really amazing things happen when I do this. That's what all the religious guys tell me. And he's, and I swear, every time he would like, why are you, your wife's at home. Your family's at home in bed. What are you doing in this hotel room? I'm like, good point. So I, every time, I never made it, I never did, did I? I would always go, I'm going to go for two, three days, man. I'm going to pray and fast. And by that night, like 10, 11 o'clock, I go, sweetie, I'm coming home. This is just, why do I keep doing this? Because that's what I was taught. That's what I was taught you had to do. And yet life is working for us. And so we're, stuff's happening and we're just believing and it's working. And we're like, no, no, it doesn't, it's not that easy. Like, okay. We got talked out of the blessings. Honestly, we're like, life just, we were blessed. And then we had to get religious. And they're like, no, no, it's not that easy. Be like us. I'm like, yeah, but your life sucks. Yeah, it's, I don't want that necessarily, you know. And so anyway, it's free. You don't have to do any of that, Okay. It's free. So trying to change by religious willpower, which was I was trying to describe in a very roundabout way, um, leads to frustration because you're like, why is this thing not working? Lord, I'm doing everything you told me to do. And if you're trying to do it out of willpower, by good works, by reading the Bible more, fasting more, praying more, being a good person, right? Um, husband loves your wives. Wives respect your husbands. You're going to fr- be frustrated. All of those things that you have to do Everything has to be from a divine flow from the inside out. We can do nothing without him is what it says. Not even breathe, right? We can't love without him. We can't forgive without him. We can't be blessed without him. We can't do anything without him. It has to be an inside flow. So anyway, what I'm trying to share with you is all those are external willpower things. Those are all religious activities. Not Not anything bad with any of them, but it's a much 
I believe why the church isn't seeing really what it needs to happen is because they're still trying to be blessed by doing all those things versus living out of the Spirit, which is you already have all these things. Now let it just release it out of you. Does that help you guys? So anyway, if you try change outside by willpower and religious activities without transforming the inside, you're going to get angry. You're going to be judgmental. Um, you're going to wonder why your marriage isn't as good because you're a good Christian. You're going to wonder why you're still struggling with all these sins. Like, man, I should, why am I still struggling with all this stuff? I've been a Christian for this many years. You're, you're going to do all that stuff, I promise. How do you know? Because I talked to you, right? And the law was given to stir it up. It wasn't getting to heal. The Spirit was given to heal. The law was given to stir it up to increase the bad activities. And so anyway, um, I just believe you can live above all that. There's a power way above all that. And that's, that's in him. That's the anointing. That's the promises in him. And so the, you, we live above the natural realm. We operate from the blessing in the spirit realm. You guys with me so far? Let's go to this next slide and we'll almost be done. So anyway, so here's really where this thing comes from is, is he didn't design us to live out of the natural realm, our five senses, etc. The spirit is everything is where he goes, I designed you to live out of the promises. That's, that's spiritual out of the, the everything you are in me. You're more, the spirit is really governs the external, right? And so all the anointing, the creative power, that's why I was showing the last few weeks, uh, just the, the Hubble telescope and how vast the universe is and the light years of these nebula and, and different things is just to go. And then we see all that. We see how many light years away and all this stuff, yet we can see in one atom how much energy and power is in one atom much less these light years of distance and space and creative ability. That's who we are. Isn't that amazing? And so all the anointing and creative power that put the galaxies in existence dwells within. Everything that's in is in us. So we don't need to work up the anointing. You have it. This mystery that's been hidden but now is revealed, the anointing in you. It's within, spiritual. So it comes from within and realizing we're in full union with Christ. So Paul talks about that in Ephesians. When you get married, he goes, it's, a, it's an earthly example of your marriage with me, right? So when you see a couple get married, he's trying to show you, that's what Paul says. It's a mystery. It really is talking about Christ in the church. So he gives us physical things that we can recognize. So when a husband and wife, if they have a, a, a normal husband and, husband and wife relationship, we're co-equals, are we not? Yeah. So that's what he's trying to say. So if we're a co-equal with Jesus, how, would our, how should our life look? Better than mine. Just being honest, it should look better than mine. We got a lot of things right, but I, I, I still look at that and go, my God, man, John and Paul and these guys, they, they're shadow-healed people. That's cool. That's really cool. They had, they had an idea who they were, and we're just trying to get back to where we were, where we've always been. It's before the foundation of the world, we were found in him. And so anyway, that spirit within is complete, Love and infinitely creative. When we, see, when we were taught the religious side, we would always go, this shouldn't be this hard. You know, we ever do that? Like, why would a loving father make it this hard for his kids? Anybody ever thought that besides me? You know, like the discipleship classes. Just the, the syllabus would kill me. They'd be like, the 12-month discipleship class. 12 months. I got an issue Monday. I'm like, I don't have 12 months. Anybody feel like, it's like, that's what I was trying to do with that pastor. He, I was like, just give me the cliff notes, man. Just, what do I, I need it by Monday, right? 
don't tell me I need to learn from you for 12 months. I don't even like you. So that's, that was really just where we were, right? <laughs> so she's laughing because she knows. It was like a, a testy situation. So um, Stephen Melton knows too. So, because I've told him the story. Some of you guys know the story. Anyway, you're completing him. That would be really good to go, hey, you know what? You get to operate like Jesus operates. Here's how simple he's made it. He's given you a heart and mind. What you focus on, what you think about and feel will happen. Is that the cliff notes or is that the cliff notes? Isn't that a beautiful thing? So all these testimonies, you saw Arnold Sparkle, a lot of you guys know them. You saw my buddy. All they did, if you listen to him, we go, we changed what we focused on. And what started to happen? They didn't read their Bible more. At least I don't think so. They didn't say they did. They didn't do this anymore. They started to focus on the truth of who they were in Christ. And everything started to change. Pretty fast too, right? So the spirit within is complete love and infinitely creative. We, when we think anything other than we're perfectly loved, faith doesn't flow. We're, we're, uh, I, I'm going to end with that. Pastor Brian, what he said about John 15, that's been resonating with me all week, just that he's the vine and we're the branches and his flow just flows through us. It's this rivers of living water. It's supposed to be coming out of our belly, just flowing out of us, this life that, that we all have available. And so anyway, the spirit's infinite. Like we've said, it's this infinite possibility and energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. That's, that's basic thermodynamics, right? That's the first law of entropy, isn't it? Yeah? Ent- no, not enthalpy. You're just thinking of your heat transfer. So what was that? Engineering 320 or something like that. Air Force Academy classes. So anyway, thermonuclear war is what uh, thermodynamics, that was a rough one. Anyway, but when we focus on his love for us, we take the unlimited creative spirit. His spirit's creative, isn't it not? It says he breathed the whole, the whole creation into existence. So these light years and galaxies, he's made it simple. When we, when we believe and speak, we start breathing things into existence. Is that about as simple as you can make it? That is pretty simple, isn't it? So he didn't make it hard. Your brain just starts to make it hard. And a lot of the religious teaching, and you get your focus on the wrong thing. You start focusing on what's wrong versus what you really desire to happen. And so anyway, when we focus on his love for us, like we saw Ephesians 3, it says, if you knew the length, the width, the depth, my breadth of my love for you, he will do because we can do nothing without him. So he's the one doing it through us. We just participate. Does that help you guys? So we believe and think like he thinks and we speak like he speaks and that's when life starts to happen. That's when everything starts to change. And so, because he's, everything in the universe is in love, that energy field, that creative field, and he's love, so all the power is in that. So, when we realize we're loved, there's, there's no guilt or shame in him, is what Ephesians 1 said. So we get rid of this judgment, this condemnation, and uh, it's not your fault, all these different things. The psychologists actually get it. They're going, it's not your fault, because you have to remove that guilt and shame before they can start to feel the, the release. And so, anyway... That's how we take it from the spirit realm into the physical. We, we, have to be, we have to know what's already true about us, and the spirit will confirm what I'm saying, guys. They'll say all these things, that every blessing in heavenly places, every promise is yes and amen. If you knew how much I loved you, that's what we're trying to get a revelation of. He goes, he will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can think or ask. Is that cool or is that cool? That's really cool to me. So anyway, we think and expect tremendous blessings from the Father, and he will always exceed it. That's what we can have. And that's what Pastor Brian was saying about abide, always be in divine expectation. I thought that was pretty cool. What do you call that? He said it. When you take the word and A-B-I-D-E. Was it acrostic? Is that what it's called? She's my resident theologian. (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyway, let's, let's get to our feet. So John 15, 7. If you abide in me, and that word, like Pastor Brian was saying, always be in divine expectation because he'll exceed it. So how much time does he tell us to worry in there? And it's not fun, is it? Every time I'm anxious and worried, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be a teacher of this stuff, right? So if you abide in me, and that word abide literally means just stay there. Just stay in him. Stay in the anointing. Stay in this love. Stay in this perfection. If you stay there, and my teachings, it literally is the word rhema. If my teachings abide in you, stay in you, right? So what does he say about you? Sin is thinking the wrong thing about what he says about you. What does he say about you? If you sin this morning, you got to confess. Otherwise, you won't be blessed. That's taking your eyes off. That's actually sin. It's to think you're not going to be blessed because of your behavior is actually sin. I'm not giving you a license to sin. It actually gives you the, like, thank you, Lord, that you love me that much that you bless me despite me. That causes more life to flow out. Anyway, so if you stay in him, just rest in him and the teachings that he has are in you, they start to take life. That's that whole Eve believed the wrong thing, believed the serpentine logic and what happened in the garden. Death happens. The Holy Spirit speaks to Mary and she says, he says, you are blessed and highly favored among women. And she believed what he says, do it unto me as you said, Lord. And what happened? The Christ life forms. That's the type and shadow. Now literally Jesus Christ was formed, but that's how life starts to form in us too, out of our womb, out of our inside. And so yeah, yeah, we'll see. We can debate that one, Martha. So anyway, I'm not even going to get into that. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, we were, we were arguing, just discussing, is she a virgin or not? And people get all bent out of shape about being literal. I go, I, the, I don't really care because I just know I was found in him before the foundation of the world. So it really doesn't matter to me. I know I'm going to get hate mail for that. But anyway, um, it didn't matter to me. Because I was found in him and highly favored before the foundation of the world. Amen? So if you abide in me and my teachings abide in you, and he only had one teaching, didn't he? Love your neighbor as yourself and love God. If that teaching remains in you, you will ask what you desire. Are you guys desiring anything? Here's the fantastically great news. It shall be done unto you. Is that simple prayer? Is that simple prayer? So by this, my father is glorified that you display his splendor, you bear much fruit in him. Amen? You guys get it? So how do we live above the natural realm? We don't have to go struggle for it. We don't have to strive for it. We don't have to pray more, fast more. What do you do? How do you live above that, that spirit realm where he really designed us to live? Simply believe. How do we believe? If you knew how much I love you, you'd be filled with the fullness of God. And I will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you think or ask. You get belief by focusing on his love for you. Not by reading the word more, not by tongues more, not anything more. Amen? Complete in him, nothing lacking. When you believe that, that he loves you perfectly, you're in full union, a marriage partner with Christ himself, the anointing. Now faith effortlessly flows. In fact, we were praying for, with a couple ladies and um, just on healing and different things. And, and uh, it was kind of interesting because they go, well, you're you. They, well, they, they literally said, you're Mike Popovich. Do you ever doubt? Like every second of every day. Anybody feel that way? I said, but here's what I try to do in the best of my effort. True, true faith, true trust, I think I'm going to talk about this next week, is I know I'm blessed 
not because of my faith or anything I could do. You're the faithful one. Even when I fail, you remain faithful. So Lord, I'm committing, I trust your love for me. And then I love what Joe Dispenza says. I think this is really valuable where Christians can learn from this. He said, then you become the observer. You step back and you trust this unlimited love for you and just watch it happen. You put your petitions before God with thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, knowing that anything you ask is going to happen. And then you step back and watch perfect love start to manifest in your life and let him figure it out. That's true faith to me. I go, Lord, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you what I said. This probably, I said, they go, do you ever doubt? I go, yes, every second of every day. Well, how does it work then? Because he's the faithful one. It actually builds faith in me by going, it's not my little junky faith. It's your faith. Thank you, Father. You love me enough that I can trust your unlimited love for me. It feels so good to trust in an unlimited love greater than me. Anybody get that? That is faith. That is faith. So does that help you guys? All right. So anyway, let's just pray. Oh, isn't that good news? If you abide in me and my love abides in you, my teachings, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. It doesn't get any simpler than that. So Father, we just thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just ask for a greater revelation of your love for us right now. Just we ask for a, a deeper, more real, more tangible love that if we knew the length, the width, the breadth, the depth of your love for us, we can be confident that that unlimited love for us that's so much greater than us, that is all the power of the world is contained in that. You just gave us a visual with an with an atom bomb that you split one atom, how much energy is released in that. And all of that creative ability, all of that creative power, all that energy is within. And we simply release it. Just as Jesus breathed the galaxies into existence, when we believe and breathe, when we speak, things start to happen. It literally comes out of the spirit realm into the physical. And we just thank you for that, that you've made it easy for your kids, that we can trust in your love. It's not us having some kind of faith or saying the perfect thing or having the the right scriptures, it's none of that. It's your love for us and how we live above this, this natural realm where we can literally start to live this heaven on earth and, and change everything about our natural life is simply live in that spirit realm where we know that before we even ask, you say yes so that our joy may be full. If we abide in that and that teaching abides in us, we can just trust you, your unlimited love. So Father, we just thank you for supernatural things like we talk about in in their businesses, in their marriages, in their, in, their, in their lives. Father, we just thank you for the beautiful testimonies that those testimonies are available to everybody under the sound of my voice. That you, and that's just child's play to you. You can do exceedingly abundantly beyond what they can even do or think. So we just thank you for that, Father. We thank you for restoration in, in relationships. We thank you for just life and life more abundantly in every area of their lives. And so whatever's causing any of this stuff, that's going on, whether it's health, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, whether it's depression, any of that. We just, we just, you know what, say we choose life from this day forward. We don't need any of that anymore. We don't permit it in our lives. And in its place, we just release your unlimited love for us, your power, your joy, your healing, knowing that whatever we ask for, we can step back and watch your unlimited love go to work. And it literally brings into the spirit, into the physical. And we can just say thank you for the display of your splendor. In Jesus' magnificent name, amen, amen, amen.